thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Damien Christoph. Brett Hill is not here. Lawrence Tam is not here. And I have my very greatest friend, best buddy, 100 Not Out co-host, Marcus Pierce, champion, brilliant guy all around, helping me out tonight. Damn Welcome, you, Marcus Pierce. You're saying too much. Thanks so much for having me on board. It is an absolute pleasure to be on the Wellness Guys. I've been lucky to be on once as a guest, but to be a special guest co-host with you, Damo. Well, 100 not out, 20 minutes every week, but half an hour, you and me tonight. It's uh, going to be fun. I'm so excited. I, I'm so excited. I'm excited for a number of reasons. One, I've got you for the next three episodes. Can you believe that? Yeah, baby. Good. Including tonight. And uh, and we have an incredibly special guest. Now, we haven't done this before. We've never invited somebody else back onto the wellness couch sorry the wellness guys to do a second interview but because this girl is just rocking the world and she's doing so many amazing things around australia she's hitting the world we just thought why wouldn't we get her back on so you know and and it, it, when when you realise who we're interviewing, Marcus, people are going to be blown away, aren't they? Again, <laughs> so we've got we've got a doctor of Chinese medicine. She's an incredible woman. She's an acupuncturist, author, speaker, all round natural fertility expert, and she's beautiful, amazing woman. She's the founder of Melbourne's Women Health Clinic, the Pagoda Tree, and she's the producer of Health Talks TV. Is there anything that this girl doesn't do? She's incredible. She's written a number of books. We're going to talk all about them tonight. It's Natalie Kringudis. Welcome to the show, Nat. Thank you so much. That sounded far bigger than what it <laughs> well, this is this is a big this is a big uh, prize to win. That as Damo says, there hasn't been a repeat performer on the Wellness Guys. Never. So, not in um, three years. Well, thank you. I appreciate wow. that. Wow. <laughs> But it's with good it's with good reason that you're back on. Um, I don't know how you girls do it, but you have written another book called Well and Good, How to Supercharge Your Health for Fertility and Wellness. And I've got to ask you, first of all, how in God's name do you write books with, I know you've got, uh, you're a mum, you're a business owner, you're an author. How do you fit it all in? How do you do this? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> no, look, I think... Um, when you're passionate about something and you really thoroughly enjoy doing it, it's not a chore. I don't see it as work. It's just something that, you know, to be honest, very often I sit down at night and write and it's probably my form of stress relief, to be honest. And, and you know, because I do love to communicate and I love to talk to people and I very much write like I talk, um, it's just another way of communicating, I guess. Uh, well, that's true. That's true. And you're such a good communicator. Now, I've been to many of your seminars and I love them to bits. The last one that I saw was debunking PCOS and I was I was fascinated. I came back and I was using all these words like, <laughs> I don't know if I should use them on this podcast, but I'll tell you what, Amber had her jaw dropped to the ground. She goes, how do you know about this stuff? I said, well, I've been listening to Nat and she just knows the stuff. So he did debunking ovulation, debunking PCOS, then he did debunking stress. Now, there's a whole lot of debunking going on, and in, in this particular book, you're going to be teaching us all about how to be well and good. Is that correct? Well, that's exactly right. I think what I wanted to do, so when I wrote my first book, Fertilize Yourself, I did that because I really felt the need to educate what were parents that will want to be parents, how they could put their best foot forward and make amazing little people. And when, you know, at the time, and it still is, the fertility or the infertility epidemic was on the rise. Everyone wanted answers, you know, how much sleep do I need? How much alcohol can I drink? What do I need to eat? Tell me and I'll just do it basically. What I realized in doing that was that 
these people didn't need convincing. They totally got that they needed to be healthy to reproduce. And so it got me thinking and 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 it was just this insane need to reach out to young women or any woman actually um, that was faced with a diagnosis and didn't know what to do with it because let's face it, very often we get a, a diagnosis um, because we want you know definite answers and that's just the way that we live nowadays and we are faced with um, a whole lot of fear because we don't actually understand what's happening and the problem with that also is that we base our um, potentially our decisions and the treatments that we might seek from a place of, of um, well, lack of information. So we're making decisions uninformed, out of fear, and that can be disastrous. So what I decided I needed to do was really reach out to young girls when they were being diagnosed with PCOS or endometriosis or even even women moving into menopause, whatever it might be, and just give them the reassurance that they innately actually know what they need to do. We just need to give them some tools on how to do that. And the response has actually been really beautiful and quite overwhelming, to be honest. Well, you just mentioned that beautiful word overwhelm, which is a wonderful thing to feel sometimes, even though it doesn't feel like it is, but it's just because we care so much about something. But I, I wrote down this word overwhelm because as you were talking, I was thinking, well, I'm sure most people come to you in a place of absolute overwhelm. You've had, you've had overwhelming success, but a lot of people, I'm sure, come to you with overwhelming fear. Mm. Um, and most people are, are on the end of a diagnosis or on the end of a label have absolutely no idea where to start. Now, for people listening right now that either have gone through something personally, uh, are going through something personally or know people going through uh, fertility challenges, where, do you re- where are the fundamentals? Where do people generally start when you... Um, when they come to see you? Yeah, I, I get this question all the time and I also get the same question that I find really interesting. Does it does diet and lifestyle really matter? And, you know, really that's what I'm giving people the tools to go away and be able to implement in their own life because I can't stand there and you guys can't stand there with your patients and, and friends or whoever wants to listen and tell people what to do, what to eat. You can't be there 24-7. So, you know, setting them up with the tools as to why they need to eat a certain way, why they need to nourish their body, a certain way, right down to the thoughts that they have about themselves and how we need to create awareness around that is, is for me key. So, you know, we can, as practitioners, we can treat people in the clinic and for that time that they're there, we can nurture them and care for them. But it's what they do when they walk outside for the next mm-hmm. however long until you see them again that really counts, you know. And we've all had those patients that have come in and they're, and, and they're committed and they're there and they're there you know, every time you tell them to be there, but when they walk out of that clinic, they're not doing things that are complementary to what you're doing. So, you know, if we don't educate our patients as to what they need and why they need it, then, you know, they're not going to be able to make those informed decisions, like I said, but I've found it to be an absolute game changer, educating my audience, my followers, my patients. Um, it, it, it really is making a massive difference. And, you know, the, the, the emails and the feedback that we're getting is so beautiful because people are like, you know, I had to pinch myself the other day actually. I got it somewhere, I think it was on one of the, my um, Facebook pages, someone said, oh, I followed everything Nat said and all of these things have happened. And I'm like, you did? I said this? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like this realisation that you, you know why you're doing something and that's j- really for me it's to just, you know, be able to make a difference. But for that to actually be happening, is, is, it's amazing. Oh, it's so good. So it's the education outside of the consultation. That's what you're doing, isn't it, Nat? Pretty much, yeah, oh, pretty much. It. So given that you work mainly with girls, mainly, because it's a women's health 
fertility right. practice that, yeah. you, that you run. Is this particular book uh, mainly for, for girls? Well, you know what? No, not really because we all have – the funny thing is we all have hormones and we all need That's a little true. bit of care Life around that. Heaps of hormones. <laughs> I need some more happy hormones. It is. <laughs> but I also, you know, I even get questions all the time asked about male health and does it really matter? And someone oh, said the other day, um, I, I read something that someone had asked me about miscarriage and they said, oh, do I really need to look at my partner? And I said, oh, absolutely. It's 50% you, 50% him. Why would you only be doing half the job by caring for yourself? And she turned around and she said to to me, I've never thought about it like that. And, you know, we're really quick to look at women mm-hmm. and, and for them to be, especially in a fertility situation, um, part of the problem, but we have to fully finish off the job. So, you know, why wouldn't you just put everything you can forward to make that big difference? Um, but also when it comes to other conditions, it is really important, I think, for males to be informed, especially to support their partner in the decisions that they're making. So perhaps they're coming off the pill and that's really scary and Mm. they don't necessarily want a baby now. Um, You know, that's the biggest challenge and the biggest fear, I guess, about coming off the pill. But if if it's going to allow them to heal their polycystic ovarian syndrome or their endometriosis or whatever it might be, you know, having that understanding from their partner and that support makes a massive difference. So, you know, I feel like giving them this information too is is equally as important as it is for the female. Girls do. I'm just going to I'm just going to keep on going. Sorry, Marcus. I meant to type this too. Sorry, mate. I just want to keep on going just for a second because it seems that girls tend to cop it. You know, back in the 20s, mm-hmm. um, they tried birth control on men and they got swollen <laughs> testicles. So they decided that well, we, let's not give the guys the, the drugs. So why don't we give it to the girls? And so we gave it to the girls. And you know, in the early 60s, we were trying out you know giving women. Um, Horse hormones, um, estrogen. Amazing. And, uh, and of course, you know, many women died um, mm-hmm. of, you know, different cancers. A sudden heart attack, you know, from the age of 25 to 35, it escalated. So I thought, oh, maybe we're doing something wrong here. Um, so they dropped it and they made the mini pill. And the mini pill is still, I think, is it five or six or seven times stronger than the pills yeah, we've got today? But strong. we're still mucking around with hormones for girls as if girls are a little bit disposable. Mm. What's your feeling on that, Natty? Why, do, why are girls still... And look, even with IVF, girls are the ones that get targeted for that. They've got to give themselves the jabs. They've got to, you know, get everything dug out. Mm. You know, everything seems to be lying and resting on the girls. What's the story? Well, it's not fair. We've got all the bits and pieces, don't we? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. We've got pretty important bits and pieces well, too. Well, you know, this is very true. But unfortunately, well, fortunately for you guys, you don't work on a cycle. So that's yeah. that's a probably a big plus. I, I, I say the joke of, you know, women don't really know a lot about themselves until they actually need to know, you know, to fall pregnant or for whatever reason if there's a problem. Mm. And, you know, we don't, we're taught, you know, I always say what we're taught in high school is so far from what actually happens in our body. Could you imagine if we collectively all ovulated on the same day and then we all got oh our gosh. period on the same day? That'd Sounds be like my workplace. <laughs> it is my workplace. There's 11 of us and there's 10 girls. But, oh, but I think, you know, we, we are a lot more complex and we are, I guess, um, not taught this information from a young age. So we, again, are coming from that place of fear and, and it feels like there, there is so much to know um, as opposed to what goes on with, with the male reproductive health. And, and you know, we are cyclic and our menstrual cycles depend on that regardless of whether we're trying to have a baby or not. Um, but, you know, just coming back and, and getting that in, in tune and, and getting that working can be 
a bit of a task for a lot of women, you know, if they don't have a menstrual cycle or or they have they got other complications that are known. There's so many things that can go wrong, I guess, with a female um, reproductive system that that you know I think that is where the the emphasis comes from, and this is why we start to forget about the male health because there's just so many things that could be going on for the female, and um, and that's where that that it leads to that you know, real focus of attention um, shifting to the, to the woman. So I think that, you know, like I said, we bo- we all have a right to know what's going on and I think it's up to us now to actually go in, ask questions, get informed, don't be afraid to ask things because that's the other thing, you know, how many women come in and say, oh, I, I wish I had to ask my GP this or I get, I get women say all the time, Nat, I love everything you're about, but I'm so scared to argue with my health professional. And I'm, I'm here to say, it's not about arguing. It's about asking the questions so that you can make decisions that actually innately feel good to be doing to your body. You only get one chance at this sort of stuff. So, you know, why are we doing things out of fear is it's, you know, we're not living in the fifties anymore. We're living in a time where we've got this this um, ability to to take control. So this is really where I'm coming from in helping people to really be able to live the best version of themselves. So Nat, this is this is absolute gold. This is this really pushes my buttons, and I think because <laughs> partly because I'm a journalist by trade, I'm all about communication, and I'm listening to you talking about partner support talking to health professionals and for me, I think a lot of it comes down to having that ability to communicate very important information um, in a way where where people uh, feel supported or where people feel like they actually want to buy in. And as a, as a male, um, I can appreciate that a lot of the time, particularly when I'm working with females around health changes or life changes or the rest, is they often find that they draw resistance from their husbands or spouses or partners or whatever it is um, when around certain topics, whether it's particularly around health, um, whether it's the food that's served in the house or, um, you know, how you know, exercise in the house or, or just other lifestyle habits. But I'm curious, when you're talking about something as sensitive as bringing a, a new human life into the world, um, what kind of resistance do you get from the partners of um, clients and how do you uh, recommend people deal with that resistance for people listening right now who are going, oh, this is all great but, you know, I really struggle to kind of talk about this with my significant other. Um, what recommendations do you have for people? I love when I can speak to both at the same time. If I can get both partner partners in to a consult room, um, I, I generally feel like, you know, then they are very much included in what's going on and they can understand what's going on better as well. Often um, when our partners are relaying something to us, it can be, you know, not at a convenient time or we might not be fully listening or, or perhaps we don't want to know. Um, you know, at least when I can get, two of them in there and have the conversation, I know that I can at least communicate in a way that they might understand. Again, we're removing that fear because we're definitely not coming from making it scary. And that's the one thing that we get in the clinic all the time, especially when people have been dealing with, um, say, IVF, for example. You know, it's 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 not a positive place generally. It's, um, you know, it, it is very much <laughs> take, it, take a number, take a seat and move along the conveyor belt. That's and a shocker. It's true, right? And so, you know, people come into the clinic and the one thing that they say all the time to me is it's so nice to have a positive influence. Mm-hmm. So whether we're supporting them through IVF or whether it's natural fertility or just natural hormone health, um, you know, just being 
someone that's positive, I think, makes a, a really big difference. And that, again, it's not that we're not being realistic about what's going on. But like you said, it's the languaging and the type of communication that we're able to deliver to our, our patients and followers and listeners and you know, those who, anyone who listen actually, <laughs> but it's, it's the way that we do that. And again, that it's not scary, that this is just the way your body works and your body's trying to tell you something generally. It's not trying to, to, um, you know, upset you or, or, um, it's not trying to break down on you. It's it, generally signs and symptoms are there for a reason. So, you know, if we can come from that place, it makes a really, really big difference. Um, and, and the other thing is that I generally tell patients that are trying to conceive that they, I generally tell the partner that they need to have as much sex as they can. They love me after that. It's fine. We're all happy. <laughs> well, I'm booking in. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> just for that. But now, oh, I love it. Oh, well, why not be honest? We're all being honest. Now, uh, Nat, um, the, the, the couple of books that you wrote with Andy Lou, um, Eat Fat, Be Thin and Eat Fat, Be Lean, um, both of those are a little bit contentious, aren't they? Because people go, eat fat and be thin. What are, you, what are you talking about? Eat desserts and be thin and then eat fat, be lean. What, I can get muscly and eat fat? What are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, and then so then you've got to debunk all these things. And now you've got this beautiful title book, Well and Good, which we've we've spoken about already just in bits and pieces. Is it contentious, what you're saying? You know, Because people were listening to this going, oh, she sounds unreal. I want to go see her. But how's my medical practitioner going to feel about me seeing Dr. Nat? Like, is this contentious? You know what? We're not here to rock the boat. So that's not, so not what I'm about. Um, I really, like I said before, to just give people information so that they can make an informed decision based on what feels right for them. I'm not here to say you should be doing this and you have to do this because of this. I'm here to say, well, th- this is what happens in your body and this is what you can do to help support that. And really, the c- decision's yours. Um, but we're not really, I'm not, I don't feel like, and, you know, I, I had the opportunity to sit down with a cardiac surgeon last week, which was hilarious because <laughs> you never know how that's going to go, right? Um, no way. No, right? And, you know, first of all, there's a bit of resistance in, in, and I actually just feel like it's probably just egos colliding for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. And then when you break it all down, you know, I'm like, you know, I was sort of giving him the gist of what I do and helping women to understand their hormone health and what we need for our hormones to thrive. And what I'm talking about is not controversial. It, it just is, you know. I'm not saying that, that um, I mean, I guess the controversy lies in things like, you know, is the pill right for you and those sorts of things. Yeah. But again, get, let's get information. And sometimes our health professionals mm. don't actually well, one, no one knows everything. I don't know everything, that's for sure. Oh, you do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty close. But, but, but two, no one, no, I mean, I don't know, I get this all the time. No one actually knows what's better for you than you. And so if you can tune into that, I think that's really, really important to hone in on. You know, we can collect all this information, but at the end of the day, what actually feels right? individually Mm. that's what i'm trying to get people to tap into and we have this device we have this gut feeling we have our intuition and we don't trust it enough but i can certainly say that we've all been in a situation whether it's health related or not where we've made a decision and it felt so far from right and you followed through with whatever that decision was and it was an absolute disaster you know we've all been there before so you know i think coming back to our health and using that to help to guide us towards where we need to go um, is extremely useful and it's inbuilt, doesn't cost anything. You've got your own honing device. (laughs) But I I really don't find um, I get as much resistance anymore from healthcare practitioners, at least not the good ones. 
<laughs> the yeah, good I ones, the good ones, yeah, and the good ones get it. And you know, I work alongside some some pretty well known gynies and obstetricians. And look, we don't always get along, but um, I've all, I've been able to get to a place where we're all wanting the same thing. Yeah. So you know, if we can come back to what we're trying to create, and you know, obviously, I'm here to get a job done around wellness, and their their background might be slightly different, but. We all want the same thing for our patients. So, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily the, the quickest road. Sometimes it is the hardest road, but healing's a journey. And, you know, we just have to focus on that, I think. And, and, and being that support for patients is really lovely too, I think. Now, Nat, I want to know, based on all of your clinical experience, what are the top three reasons why women today, but I'll say couples because we're talking about men and women, but why aren't people falling pregnant who want to fall pregnant? Mm. Stress is a massive factor. Um, that's one of the reasons I created the debunking stress e-course. Um, but you know, it's coming at us like never before. We're living at a time where, um, it, you know, we're not we're not equipped for what we're currently experiencing. During that that e-course or the filming of it, um, there was some discussion around the fact that well, why didn't our parents teach us how to cope with this? And I was like, well, our parents didn't know because they've never they're not living now, and it really is the modern. Yeah epidemic you know it's not that we've never had stress before you know we've we've lived for thousands of years with stress but the stress might have been you know there's too much rain on the crops and how's that affecting us this this yield this year or it, it wasn't this constant you know minute to minute thing that was happening and so for me that really i see the effects of stress um on patients whether it's fertility or or endometriosis or whatever it might be but you can if you can remove the stress or at least get some awareness and some techniques um that's a game changer again um second thing diet and lifestyle like you know we've already sort of touched on that but for me if you can get a grasp on your diet and start to fuel your body to support your hormone health so that's where the fats and proteins definitely come in because our hormones are made of fats and protein and if we're not eating that um that's a really big problem as well and um and then also you know moving away from our foods that are full of pesticides and things like that is really important too and then thirdly our emotional health is um such a big one don't mind my husband going to the toilet in the background there um <laughs> We didn't hear a thing, but uh, oh, I did. I thought, Matt, you've taken us to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then emotional health. I I really want to mention that because that is, um, you know, we are not taught how to. Again, we're not taught how to cope with stress, but we're also not taught how to deal with our emotions. And from a very young age, we are encouraged to push them aside, to not feel what's coming up for us. And our body's not silly; it stores that. It knows that it's there. It, it and it's it, to me, it's just actually another form of stress that the body is trying to deal with on some level. And just quickly, I tell the story and a lot of the things that I do that, um, you know, to to paint the picture. After I had my daughter, um. I had this insane sense of guilt and I, I didn't know where it was coming from and it was it was horrible. It was like it took over me and, you know, I kind of as a practitioner it was like what is this, where is this coming from and obviously your hormones are going a little bit crazy but it was sort of at a point where she was sort of six months old and there was no reason for that to be the case. And so I sort of started to dive in a bit and, and really get curious around what was happening and went and saw a, a practitioner that worked more on the emotional side of health and took me through a process where we identified that, um, you know, I had this unresolved grief that I never dealt with, but it wasn't grief as I knew it. It was grief from the 11-year-old little girl who wanted to keep her family, 
healthy and happy and had a, my grandma was dying when I well my grandma died around the time that I was 11 and the feelings that came up were those feelings of that 11 year old girl not being able to keep everybody um, safe and happy away from the death of a relative so you know I didn't know that that was what was triggering these feelings and and it wasn't until I went in and did that work and and changed the thought processes around those feelings that I was able to move past that but we're not taught this stuff so how many people are carrying around you know, undealt with emotions for 20, 30, 40 years and not knowing that that's actually the reason why they're not, you know, that their health's not great. So I think getting getting that awareness around emotional well-being and health and obviously getting someone to help you do that um, is absolutely key as well. Mm. So are you talking like NET? Is that what you're talking about or EFT? Yeah, you know what? There's so many different types of these therapies and I don't know that there's necessarily one right one for everybody. Uh-huh. So, you know, I've done a lot of them and I find EFT really good and I've used that before. Um, I used um, the Brandon Bays' um, journey process for, an, for um, well, actually I'm a journey practitioner, not that I use it because I just, it's not my forte, mm-hmm. um, but, See, <laughs> but I've certainly done the training. I've certainly done the But I find that, you know, I mean, for me as an acupuncturist, I often find that I love these therapies where it's not necessarily about sitting down and spilling the beans on everything that's happened in your life because it's it's something that has to happen from within, not something that you need to be necessarily expressing to somebody. So, you know, again, with acupuncture is another way that we would tap into somebody's um, emotions, I guess. It's not about sitting there and having a deep conversation with these people. It's about identifying the problems and treating it from um, that emotional perspective because from a Chinese medicine viewpoint, all of our organs also have emotions attached to them. So, you know, there's lots of different ways and it's not necessarily that one's better than the other, but it's it's about finding the right one that suits you because they can be a little bit confronting and they can seem a little bit woo-woo. So, you know, finding something that resonates with you I think is really important. Mm, good, good tips, great tips. Natty, yeah. what do you do to keep your hormones happy? What do you do? Like, you know, because every time <laughs> I look at you, on. you're radiant, you're, you know, you're bright, you're happy, your eyes are clear, your hair's flowing. It's, even when it's not windy, it's blowing. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. So what, what do you do to look as good as what you do, feel as good as what you are, and keep your hormones in check? What are you doing every day? Thanks, Damo. Well, look. I do have an amazing support network. I have a community and I, I think that's something that we don't necessarily, look, we're living at a time where we have to do everything on our own all of a sudden, you know. We're too afraid to call on support or say that we need help or, you know, I, I have an amazing team and it's taken me a long time to realise that I can't do it on my own and that I need to call on the help of other people, whether it's my mother-in-law or my next-door neighbour or um, girls at work or whoever. Um, and my husband too is a phenomenal man. Um, I have regular chiro care probably once or twice a week depending on how stressed I am. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Um, Acupuncture as needed because obviously I'm in a clinic there. And then, you know, someone said to me the other day, do you take heaps of supplements? And I'm like, no, I just when I need it, you know, if I feel it, obviously an advantage of being a practitioner is you can kind of tune in um, if your body allows you or your chiro tells you what you need, <laughs> your acupuncturist tells you what you need, but, you know, as needed. And then um, the other thing that I do, you know, I treat myself to things like massages or exercise or, you know, whatever. I kind of just feel my way, you know, what, whatever comes up at the time that I feel that I need to do, I'll go and do for a bit and whether that's, you know, um, 
um, you know, I'll go through phases of going, all right, I feel like I really need to move, I need to run. So I'll go through phases of running or I'll go through phases of I just need to stretch so I might do Pilates or whatever that is. But, you know, just tuning in to what my body needs um, I think is really important. And, and as time goes on, you know, gaining my sleep back after having two kids, that that. That's a remedy in itself. <laughs> go sleep. Go sleep. Yeah. My Sarah's looking forward to that time as well, all of that catch-up time. So you do catch up, do you, Nat? On sleep? You do catch up on all of those years of missed sleep? No, you never get that back. Ah, it's gone. It's gone. It's all gone. <laughs> I was at an Instagram post of someone I know that's had six days child-free and she said 47% reduction in wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> it's like instant Botox. That's, that's great. I, I, I swear in since having kids, yes, I think I look, you know, up until a point you don't age and then all of a sudden it's just like this rapid thing that happens after having children. <laughs> but you know I think yeah look just more than anything I don't think we need to complicate things you know I I think we can if we pair it all away and tune into what we need we need to just follow what that what our bodies are are craving and and that is the way that I try to live my life now Nat I know people are listening right now they want to know how can they get well and good I know you mentioned earlier that um, debunking stress has just been released as an e-course how can they access more of you well, that's easy. Um, head to my website. It's just natcringudas.com.au. Um, you can get the book uh, at my clinic at the moment and then it will be in stores um, as of November. So, uh, you know, there's a few ways you can get an early copy. If you find your way to us via my site, um, we can certainly post one out or you can come in and grab one. I can't nice. wait to read my copy, I've got to tell you. I can't wait. Well, Nat, thanks so much for joining us on The Wellness Guys tonight for the second time. It was beautiful speaking to you again. Thank you so much for having me. Thank and I'll come back any time you want me. Oh, thanks, Dan. <laughs> you got another co- there you go, Dan. We've got another co-host when you want one. Oh, there we yeah, go. Dan, hey, do a co-host gig. Now, I forgot to mention at the start of this that uh, this is a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives. Thanks, LT. I did that for you. And uh, now, everybody, make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys, and tell us what you thought of this episode. Share this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update. There's heaps of them everywhere. I was at the Gluten Free Show today. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of wellness needed there. Subscribe to us on iTunes and while you're there, leave us a five-star rating because Marcus and I and Brett and Lawrence all love five-star ratings and give us a comment because the comments count, you know, we do read them. And uh, until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.